You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. As you know, I am passionate about building community. That goes without saying at this point. But I first discovered this passion when I was in my early 20s. My wife and I built a small group network within our church. We started with just the two of us and ended up building up to almost 100 group leaders with over 1,000 people attending groups every single week. It was seriously incredibly part of, and we saw so many lives change. We saw just true connection happening. And this is when I discovered this passion for creating community. However, the landscape for community building has changed over the years. We went from in-person, which I believe was true connection and powerful, to big social media, which maybe at first ended up being really healthy, but it's turned into a bit of a monster in today's world. People are more just want to share their opinions, find the things about you they don't like, and then also just kind of hate on what you're doing. So it's become a very uh, dangerous thing in my mind. So, but... The future is looking very positive, thanks to my guest today. Today, I'm interviewing one of my heroes. Her name is Gina Bianchini. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Mighty Networks. It's a community-building platform which helps companies build an audience around their unique focus. I want to bring Gina on the show today to talk about the future of online community and what it means for people that are creating brands. This interview is eye-opening. It's going to get you thinking about the future of online community and connection and what it can do for you. So here's my exciting interview with Gina Bianchini. Gina, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this interview because you and I are both people that are passionate about community. And I can't wait to get into this conversation with you today. I kind of wanted to just start off with talking about community in general. I know that you have a long history with online community, but obviously it didn't start there. I'm just thinking back to earlier times in America before really online community is what it was today. It isn't even really that long ago. But just kind of to hear from your experience, what do you think the difference was back then versus now? Like, the, how did people like start businesses back then? How did people actually connect and engage? Because we're so used now to used to this social media world that we live in. What were people doing before that? Even your personal experience? Yeah. So there's kind of two pieces to that. There's the business side, and then there's the community side. You know, I grew up in Cupertino, California, basically where Apple's headquartered in like the 1970s and 1980s, and everyone had a hobby. Like everyone had a thing that was their passion. My dad restored old cars, like, you know, fancy cars for a teacher's salary. It was crazy. And, you know, with my mom, she like had guinea pigs and then we had rabbits and we showed them and we sold them and we like, but there was like the mini lop rabbit club of Santa Clara County. There was the guinea pig club. There was the Model T Ford club. And out of this world, there was also the Homebrew Computer Club, which was how the PC really came to be, how Apple Computer got started. If you look at any moment in history, it's the intersection of people passionate about something that they are mastering together that has created some of the most magical and important innovations, cultural shifts openness and improvements in our lives. And so, you know, from my perspective, where we are today is, you know, following the long thread of people coming together around an interest, around a passion, around a curiosity and mastering that thing together. And one of my least favorite things about entrepreneurship is the, and the narrative around entrepreneurship is that some guy 
goes to the mountaintop and like is struck by lightning at like 5:30 in the morning and that's how he got the idea for Zynga or Facebook or Twitter or this or that and the reality is that all ideas all improvements all progress comes through the collaboration and co-creation of small groups of people that are going deep to master something interesting together. And that to me is the definition of community and is the path forward at any point in time how we make progress. And by the way, I think sadly we're looking at a moment in time where community and and mastering something interesting together has been harnessed by people that want to use it for ill and things that are not productive. But I think the only answer to that is getting more and more people into communities that can do something wonderful together. I've definitely found that the bigger platforms these days, and I'm not necessarily going to go off naming them all, everyone knows who they are. Maybe they originated as something that was supposed to be an extension of this former community that we used to have, you know, the, the smaller, more focused communities. Maybe that was the idea initially. But they've kind of transformed into something ugly at times, haven't they? Not even at times. I think we're not really supposed to live in a world that is, you know, the football stadium concert of Pink Floyd in 19, you know, 86. Like that is not how we make progress. That is not how we find meaning. That is not how we have impact. We do that actually as people in smaller groups. And I would actually argue not just in smaller groups that are still a distraction machine, but rather a small, intimate, focused place where you can actually find flow, meaning that your challenges and your skills are both evolving and improving at the same time. So the challenges get bigger, but your skills and the people that you've gone on this journey with are helping you get to a point where you can take on bigger and bigger challenges in that mastery, in that mastering something interesting together, in that quest. And that is, I believe, the place where communities are really the only place you find results, the only place you find transformation, the only place that are going to continue to drive forward progress how we progress in our own lives and how we progress more broadly, culturally, and in every other way. I couldn't agree more. Like I said, we're both passionate about community. And I I think, I remember, you know, it wasn't really, to me, it doesn't feel like that long ago that community, the idea of it really became an online thing. I can remember 2010, 11, I didn't even feel like people were really fully embracing it yet. And life then looked differently, right? I mean, things were different. I remember being part of groups where you'd actually physically go meet up I'm not saying this so we need to go back to this because harnessing the power of the internet is a great thing to do, but it was a focused group where there wasn't a group of people who showed up just to tell you you couldn't do it or to argue things. It was a group of people who came to solve a problem or find a solution. And things always got done with that. And I, I remember when I saw social networking on the internet, I was thinking, you know what, this would be a great place for us to just on a larger scale because uh, it connected everybody instantly, right? But the problem is it connected everybody who doesn't, we don't all share the same ideas, morals, values, and when you found out someone can't hit you in the face when you say something, it got real easy to share your thoughts, very honestly. Yeah. Well, and also, when there's a way to impact the consciousness of 
a billion people relatively quickly and amplify messages that actually the algorithms amplify negative messages much faster and more effectively and efficiently than positive ones. And as long as we spend time in those feeds, we are contributing to a system that motivates a small handful of people to do things that are horrific. And that's just where we're at right now, you know, and and I'm not okay with it, but I think that the solution is for more and more of us to find something incredibly magical about smaller communities outside the noise and clutter and, you know, frictionless world of large social media platforms, because that's how we learn. That's how we master. That's how we build relationships. That's how we have phenomenal experiences. And that's the place where, you know, I just see these, you know, as you think about the green shoots, you know, the little places today, there is an army of community builders. You know, there are over 364 million people who have the ability to create incredible communities around an interest, a passion, a goal, such that they can bring people together to master something interesting together, to, you know, run courses, to have membership, to get paid for doing it so that they can invest more of their time, energy, and passion into it. And I think that those 364 million people are going to create the next generation of amazing communities where it is about the connections that we are making around the things that we're mastering together. And that's the future I want to work for. That's where community is at the core of all learning. Community is at the core of all meaning and community is at the core of all deeper, more meaningful relationships. And creators are going to save us. Those 364 million people. And that's, you know, folks, there are 22 million people who have more than a million followers on Instagram. There are 147 million people who have more than 10,000 followers on Instagram. There are 68 million people around the world who have Facebook groups with over 20,000 members. And the reality is that it is actually you can have a thousand people or a hundred people, but if what you are doing is bringing together passionate people who are mastering something interesting together, holy guacamole. First of all, people will pay for it because it allows for their own transformation and meaning. And it's going to be how we address the global loneliness crisis and the fact that people don't need things as much as they want experiences and the more isolated we are because we're all looking at our phones all the time, the opportunities where communities get built by a creator who is bringing people together around an interest or a passion or a goal. I believe culturally, economically, politically, and in every other way that that is the answer to the challenges and also the things that make us super unique as human beings. If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the Creating a Brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform where we share our experiences, recommendations, and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses. Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. 
you will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. Gina, let's talk about the concept of a network effect. We've talked about this offline before, and as you know, a network effect means a platform becomes more valuable based on the amount of users. Now, with almost 4 billion people having access to cell phones and 2 billion of them being on big social media platforms, could the argument be made that all the value for creators is already on these big social media platforms due to the size of the networks? Facebook has a network effect. You as the creator don't have a network you cannot create something on Facebook that gets more valuable with every new person who joins. Facebook gets more valuable with every new person who joins, but your Facebook group does not. Why is that? Because Facebook has a black box algorithm and a business model that basically for you as a creator, you cannot with great confidence connect or send messages to 100% of the people who are in your groups. You have no idea what they're seeing or what they're not seeing because Facebook's dynamic is that it's one of a zillion different things in someone's feed and you don't actually know what Facebook is showing to different people in your group. You, You have no control over it. And most importantly, there's really not a great way for you to meet and build relationships with other people in that Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You know, unless the person is posting and, you know, roughly 3% of people post into Facebook groups and, you know, some people will respond. So let's just take off the table for a second that you can't run online courses. You really don't have your own content and you can't charge, you know, you, you can't charge money for them very effectively. You have to do all of that somewhere else. So now you're actually running three or four different services and pushing people between different places. Problem with that is that it doesn't actually get more valuable the more people who join because where are they joining? How are they meeting each other? So that's the Facebook dynamic. The, then there's something else going on, which is, you know, the, the research is pretty clear on how we actually generate transformation in our lives and in other people's lives. It's expertise. So again, mastering something interesting together. So it's learning something. And then it's all about the people with whom you are learning that thing with the community piece of it. And then focus. So it's very difficult to learn something new or change your habits if you're trying to do it in three second chunks, which is essentially 1.5 seconds is basically what Facebook counts as a view in your feed. But if you think that you're going to change your habits or you're going to learn something new by looking at one post in your Facebook feed that's whizzing by right next to you know your family arguing about politics, somebody sharing an eighth grade graduation photo of their kid, you know somebody humble bragging about you know something that that happened to them or their child an article that gets shared, more outrage. It doesn't actually create results. Right, not at all. And the people who are designing and building online courses, you know, with a community or a community that they want to roll out some kind of program, some kind of formula, some kind of learning, all you're doing by using a Facebook group for that and then a separate course platform and a separate, you know, sales funnel and all these different pieces is you are ensuring that your people will not generate results fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you create your own special world, 
it's a little bit like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a, it's the hero's journey where, you know, the, the hero, you know, gets the call. He or she ignores the call, meets the mentor. Those 364 million creators play the role of mentor. And it's about the mentor bringing the hero and their allies. You know, all, like you need an Obi-Wan, but you also need a Han Solo and Chewbacca and Princess Leia. And then you go through the challenges. You go through the skills building. You got to be in a forest with Yoda for a while. And you then have the challenge. You have the great battle. And you come out, you go back to your, your world, a changed person. That is what people pay for. They pay for results. They pay for transformation. They pay for online courses. They pay for membership when you can allow for that. The only way you can get there really fast for more people in a scalable and sustainable way is if you create that special world. Your planet gets blown up. You don't stay on the same planet. You have to leave the Shire to be able to have transformation. That is the reality of a community is you can create that type of special world. You can create a world that that the people that are there are there to learn and master something interesting together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's super powerful, and it's what people pay for. Yeah. Gina, first off, you're, you're referencing Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I, I knew I liked you already, so <laughs> love that you're mentioning those things. Um, I think that people just look at, because you know, I'm still trying to figure out why people are kind of holding on to this now, what I'm considering to be a outdated version of what community looks like. But I think people see the masses, the numbers, and think that maybe they can get a little piece of that giant pie. And if they can, they can grab onto it very easily without having to put a lot of effort in, then that's a win for them. That's the only thing I can think of anymore, but it's not creating anything healthy at all. That's today. There will be a tipping point. Yes, there will. And that's what I really want to talk about with you. I want to get into that future. Like, What do we see online community being and why does that matter? I see online community being millions of these niche or topic-based communities that are bringing together people with deep content, online courses, paid membership that are available on every platform and that are about the creator who is making them and the people that are coming together to master something interesting together. So I believe that we are going to see a tipping point where more and more of us are going to be spending time in communities that are small, private, paid, and that offer a set of experiences, expertise, and a safe and fun way of meeting new people and building deeper relationships that allows for transformation. The beauty of this model of a million different communities, a million different or many more, is that the creator, that unique person who brings their personal experience and a specific point of view and their expertise, it basically means there's going to be even a million different health and wellness communities for every conceivable group of people, for every conceivable purpose, with every conceivable tweak to it. And history bends towards decentralization. It bends towards the uniqueness of each of us. And when, and I think that the creator is making it more and more comfortable for people to meet new people and to not be alone. 
And I think that that's going to be the world that we live in. I think you're going to have multiple apps. I think you're going to have multiple communities that you belong to. Maybe not 20, but is it two or three that you're really into? Probably. I completely agree with you. Now, let's say I'm one of these new community creators. How focused would you say that my community should be? You want to keep it as focused as possible. The evidence on this is really clear. You want to be as niche as you can be, because here's the magic. A niche speaks to people intensely. So you can get 10 or 100 people in a niche, right? How do you grow from there? First of all, those 100 people are going to have a phenomenal experience and go find your next 100 people. So here's the magic, though. The magic is that you then just keep expanding beyond that first niche with new niches. The worst thing that you can do is be too general. And that's where I see people fail with creating a thriving community is that they're not willing to make a tough choice up front to be like, look, I am for you know, one, one of my, my favorite mighty networks, and I don't have a favorite, but one of my favorites is called 300 pounds. Like it's, it's slow AF. He has created a community for what he calls back of the pack runners. These are like the slow people running marathons who are still running marathons. They're still running. That's a very specific niche. But as you start with that niche, first of all, there's 27,000 people that follow him on Instagram. And it's not that small. Niches, when you have 6 billion people in the world and, you know, 3 billion of those, 4 billion of those, you know, with mobile phones in their pocket and 2 billion who are using social media, a niche is not small. It means narrow. It means focused. But at any point now, you know, slow AF and 300 pounds in running can speak to people that may not be back of the plaque runners, but are, you know, starting to work out again for the first time after having a baby or that like they haven't worked out and they're trying to lose weight or they're not trying to lose weight. You can have conversations from your niche to the niches that are, you know, adjacent to it in ways that are really compelling. You can't do that if it's just, I created a running community, but I also just don't know where I belong. Do I belong in your writer's community? Whereas like when, when you, so the way a niche gets created that the best ones are when you overlay your personal story, your personal experience with how that drove you to master that particular topic or why that topic combined with people that look like you or, or come from your same background or, you know, in some other way, shape or form have something in common with you. That is what allows you to be that mentor. That's, that's what allows you to be that Obi-Wan Kenobi or, you know, Gandalf. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's where your niches are like the most powerful. Not so if you're trying to be something that's super, super broad. Yeah. Now, let's say I'm somebody who already has a, you know, following on social media and, and all these different types of platforms and things. Is it a good idea for them to start trying to make transfers, like introducing this as another form of community? How would someone make a transition like that, which we're calling the present into the future? How would somebody begin that process? Yeah. So here's the beautiful thing about social media. It's your top of the funnel. It's not a community. No one's meeting each other. You're not building your own network effect. You're building an audience. A network effect means that as everybody in your audience starts to meet each other, your network gets more valuable. Mm -hmm. Your Instagram following is not set up to do that. So if I start following Kim Kardashian, her audience just got bigger. 
but there's no incremental value to the person that joined right before me for me joining. True. When you build a community, that's quite the opposite because now I can contribute my story. I can contribute, for example, and this is very true for somebody like anybody who's got like an online course or they have a formula or, you know, a program with every new person who joins to do that or apply that formula or apply that program, they are bringing their experience into it that then is going to motivate or help inform someone else who's in that community. Again, it doesn't really happen on Facebook. It doesn't happen on Instagram. It's not about your following. So the way to think about your following is that's your broadcast. That's your broadcast channel. And what the community role is, is to master something interesting together with together being the key point, which is that you can then set up something that's private, that's paid, that's valuable, that is about a quest to master something interesting together. And then as you bring people into that, the value comes from what you've set up and there's ways to set it up to make it super easy to manage and grow. But the benefit, unlike the fact you have an audience, which is again, just the fact that you, you can talk to people when you create a community, it has a network effect, meaning that it's when everybody starts talking to each other and sharing their experience with that program, with that formula, successes, failures, challenges, confusion, clarity, it makes the whole system more valuable. With this future that we're talking about of creating multiple online communities comes this concern that many people have that building their own online community is going to be difficult or even a lot of work. What do you say to that? You know, there's such a narrative about communities are so hard and community buildings are so hard. I get that. And and I, I understand it. But what's not being talked about is how energizing they are. That's so true. So true. They're energizing. They're joyful. They are, especially when you're mastering something interesting together. And where they get, I think, hard is when you're not clear on what your niche is, when you're not clear on what you're mastering together, where you're not giving people the ability to contribute in ways that are additive and expand what you're mastering together and what you're learning from each other. And, you know, we have a whole kind of process and and methodology called community design and it's all about how do you you know how do you create that that ability to master something interesting together and run your community that in a way that is so easy and so fun that you know this whole narrative about you know oh communities are so much work they're such a grind they kind of are when you're fighting against everything else that's coming at somebody on you know Facebook but they're not when you have created your own special world where people are able to master something interesting together. It's completely worth it. Love it. Thank you, Gina. Now, before we end this episode, I want to paint the picture one last time for our audience. What does the future of online community look like? And let's just fast forward five years. What does it look like to you at that point? Sure. I think, I think each of us will be spending time in a small handful of small private communities or private communities, paid communities. I think that we will see more and more communities go from being just like random messaging or random hangouts to mastering something interesting together, almost feel more like not gamification, but a game where you're building skills, you're taking on new challenges. And I think that we will spend, you know, social media is not going anywhere. I just think we will quietly spend less and less of our time in it. 
I would just add is it will be driven by these super creative, non-technical people who have who have been able to capture people's imagination and create these special worlds where they where the people who participate in that particular quest, that particular mastering something interesting together, have phenomenal results. I love it. Gene, I'm excited about the future of online community. It sounds like it's going to be much healthier than where we are today. And it's something that I want to say thank you to you for being a pioneer of this online and digital community world. So thank you so much for what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, what a kind thing to say. I appreciate you appreciating me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes it so fun and so energizing is that we are co-creating this together with the hundreds of thousands of of creators on our platform today and, and what will be millions in the future. Yeah, I love it. Well, Gina, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. You can tell that Gina, like me, is so passionate about building community. I absolutely loved this episode. Gina, thank you so much for being a guest on the Creating a Brand podcast. Here's the deal. If you're not in a community, it's time to make that happen. I believe the Creating a Brand community can be that focused, healthy online community for you, and I'd love for you to try it for free. Just go to creatingabrand.com to get started. I've got it all set up for you already. Plus, you'll get to see Gina's product slash baby in action. That's right. Our community is built on her Mighty Networks platform, and it is powerful. I want to quickly shift gears here to talk about big social media for a second. This is something that I saw happen to many brands years ago when I was doing business coaching and consulting, and it was a big problem. So I want to bring it up again today because I think the world might be starting to forget this again, but it's rented space. What I mean by that, your profile or your page on any of the big social media platforms is rented space. You do not own that. So be careful how much of your business model and income you rely on to come from these social platforms because they will make another change again in the future. And when they do that, is it going to hurt your business? I just want you to be mindful of that and be careful of that. I want you to really be thinking about the future of online community, what it looks like and what it can do for your business. For show notes from today's episode, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with you next week for another episode episode.